Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Hey, hey, oh my goodness, okay. Hi, so my name, if you didn't know, my name is Kimberly Copley, uh, it's Kimberly Joy Copley, if you want like my full legal name. Um, I'm usually up here, um, but now I'm down here, so that's pretty cool. Um, and if you're taking notes, which you should be, because that's, you know, pretty important, uh, it's L-E-Y, not L-Y's, Kimberly L-E-Y. So um, I'm 23, I know, I look like I'm 15, I'm actually 23, um, which means that I'm like older than a lot of you, but I've also been going here for 17 years, which means I've been going here for longer than a lot of you have been alive, which makes me a little uncomfortable because I used to be young like you. Um, But I'm at 23, which is that funny age where it's like, you're really young to old people, but like to old people, you're kind of, oh, to to old people, you're really young, but to young people, you're kind of old. So um, I'm at that funny age, but yeah, so I'm actually going to be talking to you guys about identity. Um, We actually used to be called identity. Um, We used to be called identity before we were 11, before we were lick. Um, We were, um, oh no, I'm sorry. I just ruined that for everyone. Good, we're gonna go back to identity. Um, So we used to be called identity back when I was um, but a youngin. Um, So just the importance of identity. And um, I think it's really important that we talk about identity because I mean, gosh, just look at the state of the world, you guys. Like, (laughs) we're really suffering from an identity crisis. And that's why it's really important to know know who you are because otherwise you're gonna live like, kind of an unfulfilled life and it's important to know that your identity is rooted in Christ. So if you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is In His Image. Wow, so deep, so personal, so creative. Um, But before we start, um, I'm just going to ask Sebastian, if you would come up and pray for us, that'd be great. Please, thank you. Yay. Thank you. Thanks, Sebastian. I appreciate you, brother. Um, All right, so we're going to talk about identity. Um, Early in the Gospels, throughout the whole Gospels, really, um, Jesus is telling his disciples, he says to them, I am the light of the world, right? We all know that, that Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Um, But then Jesus turns to the disciples and says, you are the light of the world. So I find it really interesting that the one who we know is the light of the world turns around and calls us the light of the world too. So if you have your Bible which I do, obviously. We're going to turn to Matthew 6. It's the first book in the New Testament, um, so it's pretty easy to find. Matthew 6. Once you got it, just say amen. That would be really helpful to me. Thank you, Matthew. Look at you. Um, It's also up here. So Matthew 6, verse 25 is where we're going to start. So thanks, man. I'm going to wait. Who else is there? Everybody, fantastic. All right. Um, So the header, if you have a little header there, it says, do not worry. Or maybe it says something else, but from my Bible, it says, do not worry. I'm what the cool kids call an overthinker. Um, Does anybody relate to that? All right, cool. We got some overthinkers in here. What's up, y'all? So I used to struggle with this a lot. You know, somebody doesn't reply to your text for like five minutes and you're like, oh my God, they're dead. Like they're not not responding. Um, 
And so overthinking, oh my gosh, my mom, I love that woman to death. She actually just texted me and said that their little small group just got finished praying for me. So I appreciate that. Thanks, mom. Um, but my mom is always talking about like end times and stuff like that. And it's hard to not worry, you guys, especially with the, the way that the world is going. We just find you wake up and you're like, dang, <laughs> this is really tough. But I know that the Bible tells us that in these times, that like in trial and tribulation, Christ is, is there with us. We don't have to be filled with anxiety. We don't have to have this depression or this foreboding because we have hope for our future. And knowing your identity and knowing who you are, knowing who Christ says you are, that's really important because it's really going to help you. So Matthew 6, and I'm just going to go through it, Jaden. I trust you, brother. You got this. All right. So Matthew 6, starting with verse 25, it says this. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature or approximately 18 inches to your height? Um, <laughs> so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. You guys, I changed my outfit like five times today. I literally was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to wear? And opted for like jean t-shirt combo. I mean, <laughs> Kim look classic. Um, but it's, it's difficult. Um, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Catch that little faith right there. Oh, I'm so sorry, brother. I lied. We're not flying through it. Go back. That little faith right there, we're going to come back to that. So just remember that because there's some things we've got to talk about in this verse in verse 30. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or... What am I going to wear? For after all, these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, sorry, just going through it. Let's go back to verse 30. And that's the one that's talking about, oh, you of little faith. It says right here, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? How many of you guys think you're like a little bit more important than a blade of grass, maybe? If you're not raising your hand, I've got a message for you. Congratulations. Um, will he not much clo more clothe you, oh, you of little faith? So we see that little faith, right? And we think, gosh, I have little faith. I don't believe in God enough. That's my problem. But that little right there is not talking about the stature or the size of your faith, but rather the longevity and the distance. It's not that we're not believing enough. We're not believing for long enough. And we see verses like that are saying, all you have to have is faith the size of, the, of a mustard seed. Right? Have you guys ever seen a mustard seed? I got you. Thanks, Mom. My mom bought me these. She was like, heard you're preaching. Faith the size of a mustard seed. I was like, I'm preaching about identity. And she was like, oh, well, here's some mustard seeds. So I got a little maraca right here. 
Got a little mustard seeds. These are tiny, man. And Jesus says, faith the size of a mustard seed is going to move mountains. So how do we reconcile that with, oh, well, I have little faith, but what about this little faith? That's not talking about the size of your faith. It's talking about the distance of it. We live in an instant generation. I may be 23. I'm still a part of your generation, so, huh. Um, We live in this instant generation where everything that we have, every answer that we need, is, it's right here. (laughs) Everything that we want to know, I can pull up in two seconds. Just pull up Safari, go in there, start typing stuff, and you already have the answer. You want to know what kind of bug that is? Take a picture, put it on a subreddit. You're going to figure it out in like two seconds. Seriously. WebMD, that's another one. We're going to go back to worrying. You guys ever been like, oh, my elbow hurts, and it's like elbow cancer. <laughs> I, dude, it happens. So don't worry, because it turns out you just like, you got a bruise, you need to calm down. Like maybe take it easy. So that little faith, we have all the things we need right here. We aren't being trained to, to believe for things longer than that. We're impatient. I'm impatient. If I don't have something right there, I'm like, man, I guess I'm not getting it. But God wants to, God wants to walk with you. If you're still worried, if you're still anxious, that's, that's okay. Because God knows that once you're saved, he has an eternity to work with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God knows that once you're saved, he has an eternity to work with you. Because, oh man, I really wish that life was easy, right? Who doesn't? Who, you know, doesn't want life to be easy. But it's really rewarding that it's not. Because I've yet to meet a person who is walking in faith and boldness and security that did not have to confront their fear on at least some level. On at least some level. Because sunshine, imagine just sunshine all the time, right? That's a desert. (laughs) Thanks, Caleb. Thought of that one myself, man. Yeah. So don't be upset about your current emotion because those who love walking are going to walk a lot farther than people who love their destination. So what does this have to do with identity? Because you're walking with God. Once you know who you are, you're discovering who you are, You work with the Lord to grow and develop. Oh, man, yes. So point number one, right? How much more does God care about you? That's something really important. God cares about you. You can even put point number one. God cares about me. Because God does. God cares about you, Katie. God cares about you so much. Oh, my gosh can't even begin. If, that's, if this is how God cares about the flowers that do nothing for him, the grass and the birds that do nothing for him, how much more is God going to care about you, who he created, who he's in a relationship with, who serves him, and you're, oh, how much more does God care about you, right? Matthew 6, 32, 34. We're going to go back to that. Matthew 6, 32 says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, what you'll eat, what you'll wear. But seek first, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's point number two now. Point number two, you have everything you need. 
you have everything you need. What does that mean? You have everything you need to know your identity and know that you are so loved by God. So loved by God, right? Because we have everything we need already. God, God didn't make fish before he made them the ocean. And God didn't make animals before he made them the food and the sustenance that they needed to survive. So why do we think that God created us without first making everything that we needed to follow our calling on our lives? Because wisdom went into every detail of creation and God has not called you without first creating everything that you needed to thrive. Just think about it, right? Here's a fish. Here it is. Here's the ocean, right? So here, here's you. <laughs> and here's everything. Everything that you need. Everything that you could possibly need to know your identity. God has laid out for you. God has it. And so, as I said, point number two, you have everything you need. So, why am I not thriving, right? <laughs> well, I'm not thriving. If I have everything I need, then why am I not like, why am I not thriving? <laughs> what environment are you in? Because if God made the ocean for the fish, what environment did God make for you? What environment are you in that God didn't make for you? Right? You're not thriving, right? Are you where God has called you to be? You can think of areas of your life where you may not be where God has called you to be. It's important to step into that. Knowing your identity. Knowing that we are rooted in Christ. Go where God has called you to. Go into the environment that God has created for you. So why is it important to know your identity in Christ then? Why is that important? Because if we don't know our identity in Christ, we start asking the world who we are. We start looking for things to ascribe our identity to us like a relationship or popularity or like a career or something. When I was in high school, oh man, it was important to me that people knew of me because I didn't know who I was. And the more people knew me, the less I really had to confront knowing me, myself. So I would be at school and I became what's called an identity chameleon, right? Yeah, you're in this friend group now, so you're this person, because these people act that way, so you'll just, I guess I'll just be this way. But now, we're going to youth on a Wednesday night, so I gotta be the youth self, so you come over here, right? And you become youth you. And that friend group, not gonna meet that person. This friend group, it's not gonna meet that person. That's why it's important to know who you are. <laughs> Don't let other people ascribe that to you, because the world, the world can't tell you who you are. Only God can tell you who you are. The world did not create you. The world does not know you. God knows you. God knows exactly who you are. God created you. And it's so important to get that. Because a relationship, that person can't tell you who you are. And if you're consistently looking for someone else to tell you who you are when that person's gone, who are you? Because all the things of this world will fade, but the word of God is forever. It's so important to know who you are. <laughs> so, who are you? <laughs> well, you're who Christ says you are. And who does Christ say you are? 
Got it right here, you guys. Got the answers right there. From the very first chapter, the very first book in the Bible, Old Testament, Genesis, right? Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We don't need to get in that last part. Y'all get it. Um, it's so important to know that we are created in his image. It is right there from the beginning. It goes to revelation, God telling you who he is as well. And the more you learn about God, the more you're going to learn about yourself because you were made in his image, right? But it's not just in Genesis. It's in 1 Peter, Jeremiah, Galatians. Don't worry, Jaden. They're not up there. Don't worry, brother. Ephesians, John 15, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17. I do believe that one up there. If it's not, don't worry about it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. How many of you guys are identifying yourself by your past? Don't raise your hand. I don't need to know. How many of you guys are identifying yourself by things you've done in the past? Because that was me. That was me all over. God couldn't possibly want me because I'm this kind of person. I did that thing and therefore cannot be in this environment because of the thing that I did. And my identity became not who I was going to be or who God had called me to be, but who I was in the world and not who God has called me to be in the word. And I let the world identify me because of the things that I had done in my past, who I was, thinking God couldn't possibly want me because of the things that I did. Well, God called you a new creation. <laughs> God's not worried about it. God is not worried about it. God wants to give you a new identity in Christ, your new identity. It's so important that we recognize these things. So I've got this. I've got 1 John 3. That's 1 John in the back of your Bible, not the one in the Gospels. It's the one next to Jude and Revelation. 1 John 3. Perfect. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. God said it. <laughs> God said that you're a child of God, right? And so you are. That's it. He said it. So you are. I think that's so interesting because, you know, this is an actual question. Does God lie? Thanks, Brandon. Does God lie? Is God ever wrong? Okay, how often do we tell him that he is, though? <laughs> All the time. Sebastian brought it up in his message, Moses, right? God was like, Moses, I called you. And Seb Sebastian, nice. Moses was like, no, <laughs> surely not me, Lord. But God had called him, and God calls you. God called me, and I was like, mm, not me. You got the wrong person. <laughs> Sorry, Lord, can't, can't do it. Not because of what I did. Mm -mm. God's like, I really am calling you into this. <laughs> no, no, you're not. And then we see someone else stepping into their calling, and we're like, why not me, God? <laughs> when will it be my turn, you know? Like... It's so funny. God is calling you. God is trying to put you somewhere, and we're like, uh, I don't know. And then somebody else gets it, and we're like, what? Me, please. And God's like, yeah, I'm trying. Come on. 
So, yeah, that's the part is we tell God he's wrong, right? God's not wrong. He said it, so we believe it. We should be called children of God, and so we are. That's who you are. You're a child of God, and we're going to keep getting into that. Bring it back up, brother. <laughs> the, this, is the, this is a really important part right here, you guys. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. That, oh, come on, somebody. I'm serious. The reason the world does not know who you are is because the world doesn't know who God is. And we're looking for the world to ascribe us our identity, and the world doesn't even know who created you. And how can the world tell you who you are if you were made in the image of something it does not understand? Whew. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Yes, I knew I was excited about this. So to learn more about you, learn more about God, but it's, just, it's so important that you understand that it's not just about sitting here and being like, all right, Lord, who am I? Who are you? All right. Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter, and just, you need to know how God speaks to you individually. Because I can, oh gosh, Matt can go to a Starbucks with 600 people and like eight screaming babies and like put his headphones on and <laughs> right? And he's just in the zone. That stresses me out. You ever been to a grocery store where like somebody's baby is screaming and you're just like, But I sit down at my keyboard, <laughs> my musical keyboard, not my, you know, other keyboard. I sit down at my piano, and it's just me and God, and God is speaking to me. <laughs> Find out how God speaks to you, but you want to know what God is saying to you, you need to know what his voice sounds like. And it's so important you don't get caught up in the ritual and the religion of being like, I just need to, okay, that's it. <laughs> how is God speaking to you? And how does God want to relate with you? And it's important to get that because the more you learn about God, the more you're going to learn about you. So how does God speak to you? Maybe it's at the piano. <laughs> Maybe it's spending time in your word where you're just sitting with Jesus. <laughs> Drinking your white chocolate mocha. I got you. So, what's your identity then, right? Okay, you said all this. Who am I? <laughs> Point number three is this. Your identity is the goodness of God pouring into you and flowing out of you. You, in particular. The goodness of God pouring into you and flowing out of you. Because surely the one who designed you gets to identify you, right? Not the world. Not your relationships. Not your past. It's God in you. Christ in you. That identifies who you are. Because Christ in me is going to look different than Christ in you. Because that's Christ in you. And that's the importance of Christ in us, right? Because we can't all look like God if we all look the same. And I'm going to say that again because that's so good. 
we can't all look like God if we all look the same. Because me, as one person, as one young Kimlet, I cannot encapsulate the fullness of God in me. That's Christ in me. That's why God desires for you to know Christ in you. Christ in us. Because it's going to look different for me than it does for you. And we can't all look like God if we all look the same. I love that little single clap. Yes! (laughs) And here's another thing. God didn't make you in his image so that you could turn around and ask him why he didn't make you look like someone else. Because that's something, again, that I struggled with all throughout high school. Why don't I look like that person? Physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever. Why don't I look like that person? Why doesn't my life look like them? And I was like, God, why, why don't I look like them? It goes back to the instant generation. You know, you're scrolling. You see these people, ladies, you see these women, and you're like, man, <laughs> why don't I look like that? And God said, I didn't make you in her image. I didn't make you in his image. I made you in my image. And God did not make you in his image so you could turn around and ask him why he didn't make you look like someone else. He did not. I'm guilty of it, (laughs) right? Why don't I look like them? You're not supposed to look like them. You're supposed to look like Christ in you. Christ in me. Oh man, it's so important to get that because how much more powerful would we be as a church if we operated in the knowledge that we are individuals in Christ making up the body of Christ and not all trying to be one person? How much more impactful would we be? Isaiah, you can go ahead and come up and play. You guys have always wanted to say that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isaiah, come, come play keys behind me, man. Cool. How much more impactful would we be, though, if we operated in the knowledge that it's not <laughs> you trying to be somebody else? It's us trying to be more Christ-like. What God looks like in you in particular, right? What God looks like in you. What Christ looks like in us. Because we're all individuals in Christ making up a body. Imagine, imagine a new kid walks in here and has never met Jesus, right? And they come in here and the first thing they see is a bunch of people trying to be mini Kimberly Copelands. <laughs> they see a bunch of people in here trying to be mini Brandon Deermans. What if they walked in here and instead they saw the authenticity of Jesus and Sebastian and they saw the joy of the Lord in Tiffany Lance? What if they walked in here and they saw the kindness of Jesus in Ariana Allen? If they walked in here and they saw the courageousness of Nick Finns? If they saw the creativity of Jesus and Isabel O'Neill? If they see you, if they say who you are, they don't walk in here and they see, oh, look at all these Kimberleys. 
They walk in and they say, look at all these people who are assured of their identity and who Christ has called them to be, right? (laughs) They see the integrity of Noah and they see the strength of Michael. They see that, they see Christ in you. They see Christ in us as a body. They see the trustworthiness of Tegan Olson. How much more impactful would we be as a church if we knew who Christ was in us? If you knew who Christ was in you, the beauty that you have because of Christ in you that flows out of you, how much more impactful would we be knowing that we were made in his image? Not my image. Not your best friend's image not that group at school's image. You were made in his image. You were set apart. Matthew 5, 14 says that you are the light of the world. The world doesn't know who you are because it doesn't know who Christ is, right? But you're the light of the world. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. You are the light of the world. To be called the light of the world by the one who we know is the light of the world? Come on. God has called you to be strong and confident and bold. Because where there's conviction, there's confidence there. That which you are convicted of, you'll have confidence in. I know who God's called me to be, and I'm going to be confident about it because I'm convicted about it. Colossians 127 says, For God wanted them to know the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Christ is in you. That's the assurance. You know Christ is in you and you're assured. That's the hope of glory. What is the hope of glory? Christ in you. What is the hope of glory? Christ in you. Christ in us. Knowing that God in you may look different than God in me, but that's God in us. We're not all called to look the same, but we are all called to look like Christ. We can't all look like Christ if we all look the same. So who is Christ in you? That's your identity. That's the hope of glory. I'm gonna pray. (laughs) Father God, you are so good. You assure us of our identity, Lord. That is the hope of glory. So God, I just pray that you would begin to whisper to us, Lord. Tell us who we are. I no longer want to live according to the way the world lives. I no longer want to live according to the identity that the world has prescribed me, Lord. I want to live according to what you have called me, Lord. And you have called me a new creation. You have called me good. And you have called me worthy of dying for, Lord. Because you love me so much. Lord, 
you love us so much, God. You give us our identity. You tell us who we are. God, we thank you so much for your word and for everything that you've done and everything that you'll continue to do. God, I just pray peace and assurance over every worry, over every doubt, over every heart and every mind, God. I pray peace. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for who you are to us and through us. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.